The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I realize that things are not the same this Easter. However, the one we celebrate is still the same. That's not changed. Our Lord has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So even though we're not celebrating things as we normally do, it doesn't matter. Because the one we come to celebrate and worship hasn't changed. And I believe the Lord has given me a word that was going to minister to you as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Saints, for some people, Easter is all about getting a new dress, maybe a new hat to go along with it, maybe a new suit. And for the children, it's mostly about an egg hunt, how many eggs they can find, and what are the prizes for getting the most eggs. And while for others, it's about sharing a ham dinner with their families. And, and brothers and sisters, none of these things are bad. They aren't bad things at all. But for us, the born-again believer, it's about Jesus Christ getting up from the grave. It's about experiencing eternal life because of his sacrifice. Hallelujah. According to Romans chapter 6, verse 4 in the Passion Bible, it says, Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been, we have been co-resurrected with him, Jesus, so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Praise the Lord. That is so much to be thankful for. And saints, we need to refuse. We need to stand up and take our grounds. We need to refuse to allow a virus or anything else to keep us from celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should never let anything interfere with our worship time. We can still worship at home. We can worship, worship in some of the churches. And everybody's going, and all different churches are using different methods to continue. And so we just have to be a little bit more creative and in our gatherings. But nevertheless, we still can. And brothers and sisters, I have prayed about this message. And I have asked the Lord what he would have me share with you today. Because I know, and most of you that our ministers know, that if I don't deliver the message that God wants me to deliver, it won't minister to you or anyone else. I know that there's a lot of fear in the world today and many are having sleepless nights. As a matter of fact, the title to my message today is Sleepless Nights. Because people are worried about their families, they're worried about their jobs, and they don't know what they're going to face in the morning. But mostly they're worried and fearful because of the unknown. We're always afraid of the unknown. Fear is simply faith in the wrong thing. It's being fully persuaded of the devil's lies. But on the other hand, faith is being fully persuaded of what God's word says. And that's what we have to be focused on. And that's what we have to be persuaded by is what the word of God says. We, can't be, we cannot let the enemy distract us from that and get our focus in the wrong place. Satan wants you to be afraid because it takes you out of the faith. It takes you out of faith, out of the kingdom protection. It takes you out of God's jurisdiction. Yeah. When you get into fear, it just takes you totally out of his protection. And it allows the devil to come in and kill and destroy your life. 1 Peter 5, 8 talks about how your enemy, the devil, is roaming around like a roaring lion looking for those that he might devour. 
your enemy. He is your enemy, and you need to realize he is your enemy. And he wants to minimize God's impact in your life. And he wants to minimize God's impact in all of our lives worldwide, not just here in Virginia Beach, but worldwide. And Satan is using the voices of the media to broadcast fear. And sadly, I must say, some of our pastors and prophets are doing the same thing. But saints, your mind is so powerful, and I want you to pay attention to this because this directly is a word from the Lord, and it is to help you to see things and understand things in a different perspective. And the things that we can, if we can understand things, maybe we can deal with it a little bit better. But you have to understand that God has blessed us with a mind that is so powerful that it can actually cause you to develop symptoms just by what you see and hear. Have you ever noticed that when you visit the doctor, they don't ever let you see the monitors when they're checking you? Because they know if the person sees the monitor, monitor rise, they will go into fear and it will actually cause it to rise more. It will just automatically, your body will automatically react and cause it to rise up. For example, your blood pressure will rise even more if you see the monitor. My point is, you can watch things that will cause your body to react to the thing that it's watching. For instance, if you watch the news, your body will react to the news that you're watching. As a matter of fact, your mind is so powerful that it can cause you to develop symptoms that the doctor can't even find a reason for. And you can eat, your, even your temperature can go up. You can read about the flu and develop the symptoms of the flu. It's called psychodramatic. Your mind will start thinking in alignment with what you are hearing and what you're seeing. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about how in the medical world, in the uh, medical where they're uh, training doctors and nurses, how they are reading and studying a particular uh, sickness or disease and how they have uh, just by reading and looking at it and talking about it, they have gotten the symptoms. You know, so we know, we know this is true. Saints, you have a choice whether or not to listen to it and feed on it or feed on God's word and his promises. It's your choice. Are you hearing me? As I said before, there is a lot of fear in the world today. And many are experiencing sleepless nights because, like I said, people are worried about their families. They're worried about their jobs. And I can understand that. And they're, they're, they're concerned about what the next day is going to bring or what next week's going to bring. We're at a time to where you can't make plans for summer vacations. You can't make plans for next weekend or, or what you're going to do this summer. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. And you don't know how, this is, how long this is going to go on. But we do know that our Lord and Savior is with us always that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And if we will stay, keep our eyes and keep our, keep our eyes stayed upon him, as I was telling my sister yesterday, I keep my eyes stayed upon him. I don't get out and ride around and look at the stuff. I don't watch the news. I don't watch and a lot of the Christian TV you can't even watch anymore. You know, so you have to protect yourself. You have to, the only way that you can stay, the only way that you can keep your mind stayed upon him is to protect yourself. And just almost kind of lock yourself up. But if you'll do that, you will not get into fear. You will not have sleepless nights. And you will come out of this ahead. Amen. Your faith will not be tampered with. Amen. But if you get into this other, uh, get into the way of the world and the things that's going on, you are going to get into fear. Which fear, as I said in my message a little later on, just adds to your stress. Which adds to uh, make, uh, make your uh, situation even worse. Brings on sickness. 
But like I said, mostly people are worried and fearful of the unknown. The Lord gave me this verse, and I think it will help you. And you might even want to write some of these verses down today. In Psalms chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 in the Passion Bible, it reads, So now I will lie down and sleep like a baby. Then I'll wake in safety, for you surround me with your glory. In verse 6, it says, Even though dark powers prowl around me, I won't be afraid. And we don't have to be afraid, brothers and sisters. This is what David said when he was fleeing from his son Absalom and his other enemies. Brothers and sisters, sleep does not come easily during a crisis. I understand that. Most people toss and turn with anxiety and thinking about the problem, and the lack of sleep only adds to our stress, which affects our health even more. David may have had sleepless nights when Absalom rebelled and gathered an army to kill him, but David slept peacefully, the Bible says, even during the rebellion, according to Psalms 3, verse 5. Beloved, he's watching over me and you too. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's still here. He's still here. Psalms 21, 121, verses 1 through 8 in the Passion Bible, verse 2 says, I used in the Passion Bible a lot today because I think it just is a little bit more detailed and I use different versions also. It says here, I look up to the mountains and hills longing for God's help, but then I realize that our true help and protection come only from the Lord, our Creator, who made the heavens and the earth. In verse 3, through four in the New Living Bible, it says, He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel, and he never slumbers, and he never sleeps. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad of that? Saints, God is never off duty. God works 24 hours a day. So if he's working 24 hours a day, and the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers, then there's no reason for us to be awake at night. There's no, there's no need for us to be laying there anxiously worried and, and being fearful. God never takes any time off. He never takes a break. He does not need someone to wake him up. There may be things in your life that you cannot understand, but you can be certain that God knows all about it, and he's always at work. Praise God. In verse 7, it says, The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. Think of what this meant. When Jesus went into Jerusalem, he experienced excruciating pain and entered into deepest darkness. He was crucified, died, and was buried, but praise God on the third day. God raised him from the dead, and today he is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. The ultimate outcome of everything that concerns you is in his hands. In his hands. Saints, remember... He watches over your comings and your goings, and now is no different. In the, in the NLV, in, L, in the New Living Bible, David said, I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. You know, and I share this with you too. At the same time, I think it was yesterday, my prayer time was a long prayer time. <laughs> that as I was talking to the Lord, I was listening to the praise and worship music, and then I began to talk to the Lord. And as I was talking to him about the situation and praying, lifting people up, and talking just basically, like I said, about the situation, things like that. The Lord began to bring back to my remembrance um, the things that we must all continue to remember. Uh, we all, we're all, as the world is treating this coronavirus as something that God can't handle. They're making it much bigger than our Father is. Yeah. 
and that, should, that shouldn't be. But Jesus was reminding me that in, in Deuteronomy in 28, he was reminding me not only that in, in Isaiah and, and uh, oh, where he said he was, he was crucified, he was bruised and wounded for our transgressions and that he bore all of our sickness, he bore all of our um, troubles, he bore everything on his body. And, and also it talks about all the diseases and plagues in Deuteronomy. And it says that um, he was talking about those that don't obey him. You know, the first 14 verses of Deuteronomy uh, 1 through 14 are talking about the blessings. And from there on up to about 68, I think, it's talking about the curses. And down toward the end, it talks about the different diseases and the different plagues and the viruses, you know. And he said, and also he said, there would be those that you don't even know, that's not even written in this book. So even though the coronavirus was not listed in this book, <laughs> Jesus had it. When, when, when he was hanging on that cross, when he was beaten and bruised and wounded, coronavirus was one of them. And then Jesus was reminded me of this, that he took that coronavirus for me and he took it for you. And it took it for any of you that are listening today. If all you have to do is just receive, receive it. And if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's an easy thing to do. God said, the word says, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. If you call upon the name of the Lord, he says, you shall be saved. And when you shall be saved and you become a part of that kingdom, and then everything that he did for us, he'll do for you. He'll just, he'll just take it all. Praise God. It says in Psalms 91, verse 6 in the Passion Bible, it says, Don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day. Demonic, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. He says in verse 9 and 10, he says, When you live, when we live our lives within the shadows of the Most High, our secret hiding place. We will always be shielded from harm. And that's what we're talking about today. That we're hiding in the secret place of the Most High God in whose power no folk can withstand. We need to talk to ourselves about that. We need to continue to talk to ourselves about that. And he said, how could evil prevail against us? And I put this in capital letters, or disease infect us. How can it? Think about that. Saints, it is easier to sleep well when we trust God to control the circumstances. There are many out there today that are spreading fear and terror and causing chaos. According to scriptures, we are neither to add to nor to take away from God's word. Amen, that's the truth. However, there are many out there that are adding to and taking away from God's word. In Revelations 22, verses 18 and 19, he says, And I solemnly declare... To everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone, if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, Yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In verse 21, it says, May the grace of the Lord be be with God's holy people. Hallelujah. He said, yes, I'm coming soon. The Lord said, even though we think this is a small thing, adding a little word here or there, he says it's really not a small thing. Not in his sight. The reason God is so adamant on this, saints, is because according to his word, he says every word of God is tested. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection, according to Proverbs 30. And verse 6 says, Do not add to his words, or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. In Psalms 119, verses 160, he says, 
the very essence of his words is truth, all your just regulations will stand forever. All of God's regulations, all of them are going to stand forever. I know it's Holy Week and you probably were expecting a little different message. <laughs> However, as I said before, brothers and sisters, I have to preach what the Lord gives me to preach. <laughs> he is coming back soon, saints. He is coming back and he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. According to Ephesians 5, 20, 6, 7. We are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior who sacrificed his life for every one of us. Praise God. The lamb that was led to the slaughter and did not even open his mouth did not complain, did not say one word. That was his call, and that's what he was here for. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're here today, brothers and sisters, to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who came to save us, our Redeemer and our Deliverer. As we celebrate the most important day in the history of the world, we need to remember that is these little subtleties, the adding to and the taking away that has caused God's word to be watered down and become powerless. Are you hearing me? Yeah. In Mark 7, 13, in the God word translation, it says, because of your traditions, we have destroyed the authority, the power of God's word, and we do many things like that. I don't know about you saints, and I don't know about any of you out there listening, but I really want to be heaven bound. Yeah, yeah. I really want to be heaven bound. And I want to do what it ever takes to get there. Mm -hmm. I know, I remember one Sunday afternoon, I was coming out of the Cracker Barrel. I think David and I had gone in and had lunch. It was in the summer. And there was a mother and her son that was sitting outside, you know, at the Cracker Barrel. They had these little chairs out there and, and, and chess or checker things. And there was a little boy sitting there playing checkers. And she was trying to teach him how to play correctly. The mother was with him, and she was trying to teach him how to play the game correctly, but he wanted to do it his way. <laughs> I overheard her say to him, do you really want to, do, do you really want to know how to, how to play the game right, he sa she says, or do you want to make up your own rules? <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that you're adding to or taking away from God's word, but as you know, there are many churches that are making up the rules as they go along. Saints, it has always been that way from the very beginning as Jesus walked on this earth and even now today. It's always been religion versus Christianity and law versus the grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he said, He has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. So if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He lives in you, and you have resurrection life living on the inside of you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the same power that raised our Lord from the grave now lives in us. Yes. And you know something else? He walked out of that grave. And all those that believe in Him, we're going to walk out of them too. Amen. We're going to walk right behind Him. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Just think about it. No, you know, I was listening to that song. I think I sent it to you. You know, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. That's right. <laughs> well, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. When Jesus comes, I'm, I'm going to walk right out of that grave, just like he did, because the Bible says that he raised me up with him and seated me in the heavenly places far above the principalities and the powers of this world. And so all those, 
have been raised up, and really, if we think about it, we should be sitting above this thing that's going on. We're, we are above it because he said he's raised us up and seated us above all of the principalities and the darkness. That's plagues and viruses and sicknesses and anything else that the enemy wants to bring across. Amen. Hallelujah. I realize that the things that we're witness today in our country, in our state, in our town, in other countries, we've never seen it before or we never experienced anything like it before and I pray to God we never do. And I know it can be frightening and I know it can be terrifying. I don't, I don't uh, minimize the fear. I don't minimize what people are feeling whatsoever. I'm just saying there is a way to expel the fear. And that's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to teach a word that will help you to focus more on the only one that can give you peace. Jesus says, I leave with you peace. He said, I give you peace, my peace. He said, not as man gives unto you, but I give you my peace. He says, so let not your heart be troubled. So he's the only one that can let our heart not be troubled. He's the only one that can fill us with that peace that surpasses all understanding. We, we, can, be, we can have peace. But the only way we can have peace is to keep our hearts and minds stayed upon Him. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is not to let our eyes and ears be watching and hearing things that are going to act, that's going to take away from that. Yeah. Yeah. that that's, what, that's what's doing it. The fear, the people is, is just in a panic. And I would be too. I allowed myself to watch about one minute of something. I was telling David yesterday when I said, uh, I can understand how people can be so terrified and fearful. I said, I allowed myself to watch about a minute, not more than two, uh, out of curiosity. You know, my mom used to say, the curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> but, <laughs> but just about a minute or two, something came up on my, uh, somebody you know, I, came up, and, and I watched about a minute of it, and, um, and I, I, I quickly turned it off. But it left an image. It left an image in my mind. And then all day long, that image kept coming back to my mind. And even the next day, you could bring, I could bring it back. Because we have to understand that our minds are so powerful that everything that you see and hear gets recorded. And that you can bring it back. We could call it any, recall it at any time. And I only watched a minute. And there's people that are feeding on it, you know, like they're at a buffet. Just feeding on it every day and believing every word they hear. And I don't care how much you tell them, this is fake news, fake news. Yes, it's serious. Yes, these things are happening. But they are making it worse. They're expand, they're, whatever the word is, expounding on it or whatever they're doing, they're blowing it out of proportion. Yes, it's serious. Yes, it's serious. I don't deny that. But I'm saying that they could be doing some things that could um, encourage people and minimize the fear. You know, because they're only adding to it. The people, whether they, they may not get the virus, but they're going to get other illnesses. They're going to have heart problems. Over 600,000 people died last year from heart disease. Yeah. Uh, or no, well, I'll take that back. 900,000 and 600,000 died from cancer. You know, we have these large numbers. Over 30 to 40,000 people die every year from the flu. Yeah, that's right. 2017, 2018 if you look at the uh, disease control, if you look at those stats, you will see that over 800,000 people got the flu and uh, over a million got it and over 800,000 were hospitalized. But we don't hear about that. You know, and yes, I can understand because 
there, there is not, there is no vaccine, there's no cure, it, it's an unknown. It's unknown. So I'm not minimizing what's going on. I'm just saying that things happen. But God is here for us. He's our Father. He loves us. And he so reminded me, too, that he's got a good plan for me. He said, Joe, I got a good plan for you. And that plan is not to harm you. So God is not going to harm me. He has no plans to harm me. He has no plans to harm you. And this virus and other sicknesses and diseases, uh, and, and that you can find in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I, you know, I know the thoughts that I have about you, and they're to do you good and not harm, but to give you hope for an expected end or a good end, depending on the translation that you're reading. So you need to say to yourself, Lord, I thank you that you have no plans to hurt me. Right. You know, you have no plan. Your plans for me is to do me good and to give me hope and a good end. Yeah. And Lord, I thank you that you are taking care of me, that you're watching over me, that I can sleep at night because you're not sleeping. You don't slumber. You're watching over me so I can go to bed at night and sleep like a baby knowing that you're not asleep, knowing that you're watching over me. And that's what we have to do, brothers and sisters. We cannot continue to sit around and talk about and watch. And, and the more you talk about it, the bigger it gets. The more you watch it, the bigger it gets. And I try to tell people close to me about this. Some will listen a little bit. But some won't listen at all. You know, but you can only do what you can do. So what Dave and I have been doing, we've been, we sent out 400, we, we, we shipped out over 400 CDs last week. Of the ones that I just left there. Words to encourage people. We've mailed out over 100 books. Uh, we're promoting the word. We're giving, you know, just giving, giving. We're trying to encourage the people and encourage them in every way that we can. And that's what we're still doing. And that's what we have to do. We have to be there for each other and, and help each other through this. We will come out. We're going to come out ahead. Like I said, some of you probably have family members or friends that don't know the Lord, and I know that you've been praying for them. And as I was putting my notes together, the Lord brought this back to my remembrance. As a matter of fact, yesterday when Dave and I was over there talking, I was putting my notes together. He brought my lunch over. Usually when I'm working on weekends and whatever, he'll bring my lunch, go get me lunch and bring it over. I don't ever leave. I don't even leave. But... As I was putting the notes together, a prayer that I used to pray for loved ones that didn't know the Lord when I wanted him to show them favor. At times, I have prayed for different ones. Maybe my daughter does not, has not accepted Christ yet, my oldest daughter, or maybe another member of the family, you know, and I would pray a prayer for them, and I would just seek the Lord. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a little example of what I would pray. I prayed as Moses prayed when he was praying for the Israelites and pleading with God for favor. You'll find that in Exodus 34, verse 9 in the Berean Bible. Moses said, O Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, please go with us, although this is a stiff-necked people. Forgive our inequity and sin and take us as your inheritance. And if you'll read further down, you'll see where God answered Moses and said, yes, they are stiff-necked. <laughs> stiff-necked people. I call the people that will not listen to the good news Stiff-necked. Yeah. God called them stiff-necked. I didn't. But if you read the word, you can say, God called them stiff-necked. So I prayed this prayer. You can also pray this prayer for our country and other countries as well as for your family and friends. I said, Lord, I pray that if I have found favor in your sight, that you will show them favor and bless them. I know they don't know you, but I do know you, Lord. So I pray as a favor to me 
that you will show them favor. And I might add, I haven't prayed this in a while, but I have prayed it many, many times. And every time I've prayed it, God has shown that person favor. Always has shown them favor. He did it as a favor to me. I am his daughter. You know, if my daughter would come to me and she'd say, Mom, I know you don't really know this person over here, but she's my good friend. And I, I wish I would, I ask that you, you, you know, you would do this for her and do it as a favor to me. Now, how many parents going to say no? I don't think so. God is our Father. And neither is He going to say no, I don't think so. He loves me. He knows they're in the wrong. But He also knows that it's my love toward them, His love toward me. So He shows me favor, and He shows them favor because He loves me. And because he wants, you know, by showing other people love and favor is one good way to get them into the Lord. That's right. you, don't, you don't get people to the Lord by condemning them and preaching to them all the time. Right. You do it by loving them Amen. and reaching out to them and helping them. That's how you win people over to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, we can pray and seek the Lord's help and we can stop focusing on the things that is creating the fear. As I said before, and do as the Lord tells us to do, and that is to focus on the things above. God tells us in, um, I think it's in Philippians 4, uh, 6 or 7, or 7, I believe, where he says to focus on the things above, and then he names all the things to focus on, and those are the things that we need to focus on. We can also pray this prayer also, and I might add that uh, I borrowed this from, uh, from a friend of mine. Father, I pray that you will cause divine and fresh winds of the Holy Spirit to blow, let the west winds of replenishment, the north winds of abundance, and the south winds of restoration and supernatural supply blow profusely. Lord, close the gates of death and seal up the doors of affliction and torment. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Saints, please be aware that the Lord God knows you're dealing with trying circumstances. And His desire is for you to be safe and secure during these turbulent times. God will see us through. He is our provider. And we need to trust Him in this stormy time. We've been through stormy times before. But God has already always brought us through. And I, I, I think that it, it can't help for us to start remembering. Yesterday I was remembering, thinking back to all of the things that He has brought me through. All the times He has delivered me, whether it was in sickness or finances or whatever, or family all the times that he has delivered me and came through for me. Right. Always, always. He never left me in it. He always brought me. And you know, this is a time of growth. We all know that God is not going to desert you whether you're in the valley on top of the mountain. But when we're in the valley, it's a time for growth. And it's a time for us to grow and come closer to him. And I, I really think that what's going on now, I, my prayer is that it will really open the eyes of some that have been blind to the goodness of God. Uh, I pray that it will open their eyes and that they will seek him, him, seek his help because I know that God is waiting with open arms and he's just waiting for you to come. Just come. He don't care what you've done. He don't care who you are. He don't care anything about your past. He don't care anything. You don't have to even take a shower, get cleaned up. Thank God you don't have to do nothing. God takes you just the way you are. He comes to you just the way you are. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, some of you may not be familiar with, um, Pastor Larry Neal might be, but some of you may not be familiar with John Alexander Dowie. 
but he was a Scottish Australian minister and he went through such a storm many years ago. He was a great man of faith that was born in May of 1847 and died in 1907. And he experienced some of the things that we're going through to now with this virus. He lived through a plague too. These are some of the words that Mr. Uh, Pastor Dowie said. He said, I sat in my study in the parsonage of the Congregational Church at Newton, a suburb of Sydney, Australia. He said, my heart was so heavy for I had been visiting the sick and dying beds of more than 30, he says, in my flock. And I had cast the dust of its kindred dust into more than 40 graves, he says, within a few weeks. And he said, where, oh, where was he who used to heal his suffering children? He said, disease, the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother's sin was defiling and destroyed, and there was no deliverer. Then the words of the Holy Ghost inspired in Acts 10.38, stood before me, all radiant with light, he said, revealing Satan as the defiler, defiler and Christ as the healer. And I wrote and I, I put in uh, Acts 10.38 in the King James, it says, how God anointed Jesus. I used to quote this a lot myself, you know, how God anointed me, how he anointed Jesus and how he anointed me. <laughs> Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth through the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all, all, capital, that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Praise God. And Mr. Dowie said, my tears were wiped away. He said, my heart as strong, I saw the way of healing. I said, my, I said, God, help me now to preach the word to all the dying around and tell them how tis Satan still defiles and Jesus still delivers. Hallelujah. He says, for he is just the same today, praise God. Yes, he is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. In Hebrews 13, 8. He said about that time, he said, a loud ring and several raps at the outer door. Two pending messengers, he said. Oh, come at once. Mary is dying. He says, come and pray for her. He said, I rushed from my house and I ran hatless down the street and I entered the room of the dying maiden. There she lay, groaning, and grinding her teeth in the agony of the conflict with the destroyer. And that's who Satan is. Yeah. He's the destroyer. Yeah. You see these sick bodies and the dying bodies? That's the work of Satan. Yeah. He's the defiler. Yeah. And Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the one that is risen, yeah. is our deliverer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He said, I looked at her, and then my anger burned what Dowie did then changed the course of church history. He said he ran the doctor out of the room with God's way. No, sir, this is a devil's work. Wow. It is not God's work. That's right. this, this coronavirus is not God's work. That's right. It is yeah. Satan's work. That's right. And the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, our risen Lord and Savior, came, rose today that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So anybody that is accusing our Lord and Savior and our Father of such, such stuff, foolish, is crazy. Amen. Just, just foolish, foolish, yeah. foolish. Right. He is not the author of sickness. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He loves us. And he says, and, and he says, and it is time we called on him who came to destroy the work of the devil. 
which is Jesus. In 1 John 3, 8, it says that he came, Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And, we, and he's the one, brothers and sisters, and all of you listening, he is the one that we need to be called upon. He is the deliverer, and he is the only deliverer. There is none but him. Amen. Don't need any but him. Brother Dowie said, then he knelt by the suffering girl's bed and cried out to God in faith, telling her mother she would live. The fever is gone. And moments later, the girl sat up, ate, and talked about how good she felt. Hallelujah. 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 He said, no one else in Dowie's congregation died of the plague. And God's healing ministry was once again experienced and operating through his people. Praise God. And that's what we're seeking for right now. We're, we're looking to once again experience the healing power of Jesus Christ as he comes through and wipes through all of this. I don't know what God's plans are, except that I know they're to do us good and they're not to bring us any harm. But I do believe that, he's gonna get, that he is going to be the one that gives the answer to this situation and he's going to be the one that gets the glory. His name will be glorified and honored, and he will get the, all the glory and all the praise. Man will not get it. God will get it. Man cannot do it. Praise God. It's like saints, nothing has changed where God and his word is concerned. Our president and his advisors have told us that the next few weeks are probably going to be our most difficult. And I don't think it's an accident that those weeks will include Passover and Resurrection Sunday. In this season, as we remember the cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus in our homes, let us plead his blood over our family and over our friends and over our nation, yeah. over everything that concerns us, and watch what our Heavenly Father will do. Amen. Just keep our eyes on him. Remember, the children of Israel not only survived the plague of death, but they were delivered from Egypt to worship. They were delivered from Egypt so they could worship and serve the Lord with all the wealth of Egypt in their possession. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This tells us that as we put our faith in the power of the blood of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is not only going to keep us healthy, He is going to bring us out of this crisis with our wealth restored and multiplied. Hallelujah. As we come against this demonic coronavirus, I want to remind you to continue in God's Word. Pray in the Spirit as much as you can. Read and meditate on God's Word that's filled with His promises. This way your faith in God will remain strong and your fears will vanish. Praise God. Your prayers will be more powerful. And as you declare God's Word, God's angels will keep you and your loved ones healthy and strong. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you so much for your presence here today. And I thank you for all your blessings, Lord. We have so much to be thankful for. I pray, Father, that all those that are listening online and all those in here today, which is a minor, a, a very few because of the law. But Lord, we just thank you that your word is always going to go forth. And we thank you, Lord, that your word went forth today. And you sent it, and it went where you sent it. And it's going to accomplish the thing for which to you sent it. And it's not going to return into your void. I pray a special blessing of all those in here and on those that's watching online. Father, I pray a peace over them, Lord. And I pray, Father, that they will begin to think about how blessed they are, how blessed they are to be where they are. And even if they don't have exactly everything that they need, they still have you. They still have you. 
and that you are still their source and their, their provider and that they will continue to seek you with all their hearts and all their minds. You said, Lord, when we seek you with all our hearts and all our minds, when we seek you, we will find you.